Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, fitness for real people, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. On today's episode, Gabrielle interviews Dr. Jeep and Vanessa Nam, co-founders of Best Friends Again Marriage Coaching. They help to teach the steps to successfully communicate, understand each other, and grow in relationships. Their work in the medical field helping physicians and healthcare professionals has been vital over the last couple of years. And now here's your host, personal trainer and stretch therapist, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar, and on today's episode, I have Dr. Jeep and Vanessa Nam, the co-founders of Best Friends Again Marriage Coaching. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for having us. Yes, yeah. thank you so much. Really appreciate it and just really anxious to talk to you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you guys on because we are talking, we're going to talk specifically uh, about marriages today. And I know we've seen a lot of effects of what has been going on in the last couple of years. Uh, but we're going to touch on, touch on some different things, especially in the medical field, uh, particularly because there's some insight there that um, we would like to talk about. But yeah, so give us a little bit of insight as to who you are, what you do, and uh, how you got into the field of coaching. Sure. Um, well, I was born into a physician marriage um, almost 60, well, 63 years ago. And mm -hmm. so um, I knew two things when I was young one i wanted to be a physician one in the second is i wanted to be married uh my dad uh was a phenomenal physician but had a very dysfunctional marriage with uh, with my mother lots of narcissistic behavior um lots of disrespect um and everything that went along with that verbal abuse emotional abuse occasionally physical abuse and so i'm watching all of this um from as young as when i was aware and you know and my thoughts were you know this really doesn't have to be this way um and i really wasn't in a place where i could call him on this until i was older which i did uh, so it was my intent when i was able to that i was going to make a difference in marriages and um that uh and to keep them from getting into spots um, like my parents did in nerves. And so um, I'll let Vanessa take it from here because uh, it kind of dovetails with us getting together. So before I met Jeep, I was in a uh, I was in a marriage that clearly was not working. I grew up in a very traditional Italian family, very loud. Um, you know, the, the men ruled the roost and what they said went. And I felt that um, I didn't have a voice. I just, I had to go with the flow. So I learned to go with the flow. Um, thinking that I, you know, daydreaming about what did I want for my, you know, what type of relationship did I want with my future husband? Unfortunately, I didn't know enough at the time. I was 21 when I got married 
and it clearly was not working. There was alcohol involved. And, and I, after trying to lead that horse to water and he would not drink, um, I moved on. And so I got divorced. I relocated fast forward, met Jeep. And then, you know, I had some hard knocks going through that time with my ex. We were with each other for nine years. And so I clearly knew by then what I wanted and what I didn't want in a relationship. But predominantly what I learned was that if the other person is willing to work and has that attitude of being a team, that that mindset is huge. And I found him and um, I, I say he checked off all my boxes. And that's not to say we didn't have you know, landmines along the way because we have, but we learned tools early on, predominantly because he was willing to work. And uh, we learned tools to get through the rough times. And so we, you know, we, she was of a like mind with me about wanting mm -hmm. to help other couples. And so mm -hmm. we got married in 1992. Two years later, we got trained and have been coaching mm -hmm. since then. And, and it's been a labor of love to help um, mm -hmm. the couples that we've been able to help over the years. And a huge thing is communication, you know, just teaching healthy communication. And I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh, again. no, I was just going to say, yeah, absolutely. I think that's very, very true. I think most people, I think a lot of people go into relationships, especially at 21 or at a very young age, with the idea that you have this fairy tale that yeah. marriage is going to be great and wonderful and you've met your Prince Charming and everything is perfect. But you are two individuals that were raised by two different families with different beliefs, with different traditions, with different value systems, just completely different altogether. And now you're trying to mesh those two things together and you can't make that work unless you have communication and unless both partners are willing to work. If one person is willing to work and the other one is not, it is not going to work, period, end of story. Because if one person is not willing to change and grow, it's it's the end of a relationship because one person the other person cannot continue to work and work and work and work and work to make a relationship work if you're repeating the same processes over and over and over again so i, I think it's it's very true um that communication is key and we don't we don't learn to communicate as partners because we all communicate differently as well and we've learned to communicate differently from our parents and our grandparents and our great grandparents. And we've passed that down generation to generation without learning how to do that in our own current relationship. Definitely. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And, you know, fear gets in the way we're human. And so when somebody starts tripping on, you know, setting us off, you know, hitting our triggers, whatever, if we are, if we don't step out in courage and explain to them why that is happening, but then just yell, then what that's doing is putting the other person on a defensive. And once you put the other person on the defensive with either your words or your body language or, or whatever, you are now in battle. Yeah. Um, and you put it 
so well. And mm -hmm. how I would dovetail that is to say that a lot of what you said, unfortunately, mm -hmm. is not talked about before. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So there is, you know, there's superficial kind of things that are talked about. And if you, if you broach a subject that causes conflict between the two of you, causes discomfort, what ends up happening is, is that you tend to avoid it. And then you come to this unfortunate conclusion that, well, it'll get better after we get married. Yeah. And so you're making these statements in the middle of a, you know, the phase, the honeymoon phase where you're, you're physically attracted and, and your hormones are going nuts for each other. So you're not really thinking about the future. Fast forward, you get married, the honeymoon phase is still there, but then it starts to wane and then real life hits you in the face. And this problem that you thought was going to get better by having it wait, not only is still there, but it's, it's worse. worse. <laughs> it's much worse. And, and yeah. that's, you know, we've coached. And we did it. <laughs> we did it. They, we and we, we fell into that. Yeah. We've coached engaged couples in, mm -hmm. um, in, in just, uh, it's so rewarding to be able to at least try to prevent them from making that mistake, especially if it's something that's a potential deal breaker that you've ignored. Before like you kids know. or religion oh. or money. Yes. <laughs> Where you want to live. Oh, yeah. Yes. All the above. And in our case, it was children. I wanted one. He wanted more. I, th I thought after we had the first one and, you know, he saw how difficult it was for me to go through the pregnancy, how, you know, I had fears that I wasn't going to be a good mother, so on and so forth. You know, I thought that I could rationalize with him. I, I, I also have a chronic illness and I thought I'm not going to be able to handle more than one. And, um, wow, totally took us to the wall. I mean, and, and that was a bone of contention between us for lots of months, probably a couple of years. And that's what we did. See, it was uncomfortable right. when we would talk about it before marriage, mm -hmm. Vanessa would cry and I would feel bad. And so we just pushed it down the line and, yeah. We had so many other things that we had going for us, similarities that we thought, ah, we can figure it out. It. But no, it was <laughs> in, you know, we, she wanted to have one. We've ended up having three. And, and the reason. How about that? Well, the reason, the reason compromise? No, that. She moved. She was the one who moved. And I was unfortunately carrying on a trait that I never wanted to exhibit, which my father had. And that was like, well, this is what I want. This is, this is the way it should be. And yes, what you say, it makes sense, but mm -hmm. I still want it to be this way. And so I persisted. You and, said that perfectly. Well, I, I call myself <laughs> out on it because it was, it was a wrong way for me to have approached that. Mm -hmm. Um, situation and i give all the credit to vanessa because she was able to move like she did now we've had other things where i've had to move and mm -hmm. but this was a this was an example where she really went out of her way to make me happy mm -hmm. and um well, 
I think that also in relationships, what people don't understand is that even though you may have things that are deal breakers, those things can definitely change. And it, it's not necessarily compromise. I know I said compromise, but it, sometimes it's not compromise. Sometimes you are not, you are compromising your beliefs to mm -hmm. appease the other person and vice versa. There are two people in a relationship and one of you may get your way, the other one may not, but sometimes you have to give a little as well. So it's, it's not about being stubborn in your beliefs and, and always having it your way. And, but you realize, you know, you've realized that she made that compromise for you, not a compromise together. It was a compromise of her belief in what she wanted for you. And I'm, I'm sure you don't regret having more children at all, but no. <laughs> I don't know that, but you know, it's, it's very much a give and take, you know, I've, I've heard in the past that people talk about relationships are not 50, 50, sometimes they're 50, 50, sometimes they're 70, 30, sometimes right. they're 80, 20, but, and it should go like this because whatever you're doing in a relationship, sometimes somebody needs a little, somebody needs a little more, a sure. little more help, a little more, love a, n a little more nurturing you know if you have a death in the family or or lost a job or you're moving or you have kids things change and not and really relationships are very dynamic mm -hmm. so to think that it's 50 50 or to think that one person is the boss and the other person is not like those things are very kind of old school mentality and shouldn't Definitely. be shouldn't be thought of you have to think of relationships is constantly evolving and changing yes and we say if you're not growing together and changing together then you're growing apart and yes. what we do is teach you how to get back on that road and practice tools that are going to keep you on that road and so when something comes up in the road in the future a detour uh, you know, whatever life throws at you, that you now have practiced these tools and can communicate with, with each other moving forward. And what you said, again, I mean, very prescient, mm -hmm. very, very well said. Yeah. I, I put it slightly differently. I, I say, you know, you, you need to give 100% of, your, of yourself to your relationship. Now, some days, 30% may be your 100%. That's because that's all you can give. Mm -hmm. And your partner is given 70%. You know, as Vanessa would say, has said that she has a chronic illness. And there's been many times over the years where she's been on the couch in pain, fatigued. And so she's given 20 or 30, but that's all she can give mm -hmm. that yeah. day. So yeah. I'm picking up the slack. And, yeah. and it's and you do that for each other. If you're committed right. to each other and to the work that you need to put in to make your relationship a success. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys actually specialize uh, with helping physicians um, and healthcare workers uh, with marriage coaching. Can you tell me a little bit about maybe what you've seen personally over the last couple of years and how things have changed just with the, the landscape of how everything has gone and relationships as far as in the healthcare industry? Well, the huge difference is, um, and speaking to this as a physician, you, um, 
there was a time when you could go in and you could somewhat predict what your day was going to be like. Well, COVID starts, you go in, you, and to put it mildly, you don't know what's going to be coming at you that day. Are you going to have enough staff, which is huge. Um, um, you're the, um, requests that are made of you by, um, insurance companies, um, executives, administration, changes from day to day to day. So what you think you're going to be, that's going to be requested one day can be double the next day. You walk in um, and you think, okay, well, I'm going to be here maybe eight, nine hours. Well, some days because of this, you're going to be there for 12, 13, 14. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that gets very frustrating. You you may have a, a uh, an issue with a patient. They're, they're upset about um, a, a, a a drug that they, that you prescribed isn't being paid for. So that you have to fight to get that done for them. So these have just um, doubled as far as their importance and the weight of stress that it's caused. So um, what, what we're finding is is that. Docs are literally having to put on Superman outfits in the morning, walk into their place of employment, and they have to be superhuman all day long mm -hmm. because the process of developing students into doctors is very, very grueling. So you, you build muscles up along the way. And unfortunately, the muscles you build are keep everything inside, don't talk about it because I can't admit that I'm a human being and I may be struggling here. I just have to keep doing what I'm doing day in and day out, which is one of the huge reasons that leads to burnout. But getting back to the Superman story, we're finding that coming back home, they have, have lost the ability to shed that armor, relax and get into relationship with their spouse as i would say to put it a slightly different way is um they're having trouble disconnecting from work yeah. and reconnecting at home at home absolutely and using myself as an example early on in our marriage starting a practice vanessa would was running the practice and we had a child at that time and so she not only was uh, managing the practice, but she would leave at four o'clock. She would go pick up our daughter and then she would get home and her second job started. So there's me, I, I'm at the office. A lot of times I'm not getting out till six or seven o'clock. And then I've got to go to um, hospitals, which at that time were several. And so sometimes I'm not getting home till nine, 10 o'clock and you have a child there. I walk through the door um, and I'm numb. You know, I'm just looking to decompress. So I walk through the door, sit in my chair and just completely veg out watching TV. And I'm looking for my partner to come and rescue me because <laughs> I am just like, I need help. Yeah. She's behind me. You know, and da my our daughter's pawing at her. She's trying to get dinner ready. She's uh, trying to entertain here, her, and I'm just 
oblivious to what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so after a while, uh, Vanessa was like, you know, one, we decided to have kids and we said, well, this was going to be a, a team effort. And mm -hmm. uh, there's no I in team and you're, you're definitely not being a team player. And she had to convince me of that for a while. And finally it hit again. It's one of those, you know, traits that somehow you grow up with that you don't want to have, but you, but when you're aware of it, then you do something about it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and so that, um, that happened and uh do you want to say something well yeah i mean it that that was another one that took some time to finally um you know get him to understand that i need help too and um and we are a team sport here and just because you're a doctor that doesn't mean that your job is more important than mine we and see how we we were we were in that battle mode it was me against him so what we do is we coach get out of battle mode and start discussing why you need the help how you feel about not getting the help how you feel like you're um you're definitely not connecting with your spouse and when you're not connecting with your spouse on day-to-day -day things you're really not connecting intimate intimately either right. so it affects all aspects of the relationship yeah absolutely and not just you know now talking about as affecting all aspects of the relationship you've then affected your health not just mentally but you're affecting your physical health. So, you know, you've got stress, you've got anxiety. We talked about hypertension and those things, you know, affect the relationship inside the relationship affect you personally. And then on top of that, now you are eating worse, probably not getting exercise. Yes. Not, yeah. Not doing things to take care of your health altogether because you aren't in a place because your relationship is out of whack. Yep, I was so, exactly like that. Yeah, you're doing, you're doing all the things to try and make your relationship survive, but in the meantime, you're actually causing more harm than exactly. You're either. escaping. Yes. What are the instead of doing things that are healthy, like taking a walk or doing exercise to burn off that stress, you escape into eating food that's not good or possibly drinking, drinking or drinking more or um you know it, it being uh you know, being a couch potato and doing nothing but sitting there watching tv and and as you sit there sometimes you ruminate and, and instead of voicing things you keep it to yourself the rumination gets worse then you start to go down a rabbit hole and then that makes things worse and it's a cycle that just keeps vicious repeating cycle. itself yes mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so with your coaching you help to coach couples mm -hmm. uh do what exactly what exactly is it entailed in your coaching well we have a program that we've developed and it has three parts to it um, it's done over 90 days, so three months, and it's called 90 Days 
from clarity to connection. And so the first month we work on clarity and we get back to what do you want and what do you need in this relationship? Why did you get into the relationship to begin with? What made you fall in love with each other? Um, back when you were in the limerent stage of your relationship and you thought that you wouldn't ever get to the point that you're in now, what type of thoughts did you have? What kind of mindset did you have at that time? So we get very, very clear on um, what the couples want and then moving forward, what they would like to build together as a couple mm -hmm. instead of two independent people. Then the next step of it is working with challenges, like just life challenges. So that would be job, um, family, money, children. children, that type of stuff. So we spend some time digging into that. And then the last month is, is with sexuality. So it, and it's with connection. So we're going to work on sexuality, sexual empowerment and commitment. And it's, and it's specifically built that way mm -hmm. because you have to, and believe it or not, you have to have that foundation with which a lot of couples just do not have a question like uh okay what have you ever thought about what you've wanted in your relationship have you ever had a vision of where you would like to go as a couple or where you see yourselves in five years ten years um when your kids are out of the house, mm -hmm. uh, the, how, what do you see about that? But the most important things were the first top couple that I mentioned. And couples will say, well, we just kind of got along and we really never thought about what each other wanted or needed. And you, you would think that that's two of the most basic things that you talk about before you get married. But unfortunately, it's not. And that's where premarital um, premarital uh, education or coaching, it, it's pretty much non-existent. Oh, and because, definitely. It, and because it's not, you, that's why, um, unfortunately, you see a lot of this. And, and a so, lot of divorce. A, definitely. Yes, a ton. And so something that should have been done during engagement at the very least is now something that you're dealing with when you're married but that's okay we give them that before we can move them forward i think a lot of what i have seen in my marriage years not me being married but friends who've gotten married and divorced is a lot of it was you get in a young a relationship young and you're just kind of going through the motions because it's just what you do. We get along, we like each other, things work, so why not? Now we've been together for a few years, five years, six years, seven years, so we get married. Then you get married, you have a kid, and you realize you really don't even like that person. You don't have anything in common. You don't get along at all. Why were you even, you got married because it's just what you're supposed to do. Exactly. You know, we were in a relationship it was working so we got married not because you were in love with this person and you wanted to build a future with this person and you could see yourself 
you know, sitting on a porch in rocking chairs someday or retiring in Florida or traveling the world. I mean, there are people that really don't talk about any of those things, that don't talk about kids, that don't talk about money, that don't talk about future, that don't talk about jobs. They don't talk about any of those things. And I've even seen couples that have been married and within a matter of months divorce because they realized they had two completely different plans about kids. One person wanted the kids and be a stay-at-home mom. The other person was like, I don't want any of that. I don't want kids and I don't I don't want to be taking care of somebody. Or, you know, you get married and have a kid and realize that the other person is not even available to be a father and not wasn't even there to begin with and you're seeing traits in this person that you never noticed before because they weren't brought out because they had no reason to be so now you have another being that you're taking care of and you're going oh what what is this what is this thing that you're doing (laughs) so i mean i've seen a lot of it and and it's it is it's interesting and it's sad at the same time because you don't want to see relationships or marriages break up and you do want to see people work together but i think the the issue starts in in before before yeah. you're there and yeah. also after the fact that people don't want to admit i wouldn't even say admit it's not admit but they feel like they are admitting something is wrong or they have done something wrong so coaching is admitting mm-hmm. that you have done something wrong or are not good, which is not the case. It is, it is absolutely not. You're right. right. It is that you are learning to communicate and to grow in a relationship with someone that is different than you. Yep, exactly right. So, so well said. So well said. <laughs> it and you know, un- unfortunately, like you said. People get married because it's like a, a a progression. Okay, you've been going together for a while. So what's next? Oh, we get, get married. married. Okay, and that's just something that you're supposed to do because you've been been together for a while. But while you've been together, you've really been not you've not been concentrating on what you really need to do before you put those rings on. Right. And uh, and it's like you said, it's just so um, unfortunate, but in getting couples um, that come, they have waited for a while and something has clicked and they say, okay, let's do this. And to a couple, they've said, geez, I wish we wouldn't have waited so long. Right. But as long as there's that, you know, that there's something there and, and that you do care about each other you care about your relationship, but you just don't know how to get you don't it. Have the tools. Exactly. Yeah, you don't have and, the tools. And, and you don't know how to um, either correct or to move on from these issues that you're having mm-hmm. right now. And it's, you know, and that's, um, that's why we do what we do because I've seen so many of them like you, Vanessa has, we both have in, it's just, I mean, it's it's just so important to do something about it. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, we wanted to be uh, a change for the better. 
Especially if you love the person. If you love that person and you want to make it work and it's not working, you have to put in, you have to put in the work. A relationship is work no matter what anybody says or feels. A relationship is work. It takes work to spend time with that person, to be present with that person, to, to want to love that person or be intimate with that person. It is, it is a job. It's a job just like any other. And if you neglect your job, you get fired. Absolutely. (laughs) And you know what, what else I like it, I liken it to is if you're raising children and you know you're you're giving a lot of your time and your energy to your child well your spouse needs the same time yes. type of energy and if you gave your children the type of time and energy you gave your spouse that would be called neglect so yeah. the important thing is you're right spending t- spending the time together and c- couples kind of get into this false sense of security yeah Oh, when things are good, we don't have to communicate. And mm-hmm. something that may be under the surface that really should be talked about, kind of, oh, it's not a big deal. Well, maybe if you'd have talked about it when it wasn't a big deal, it would mushroom into a big deal. Right. And so that's another thing we tell. Even when everything is, quote, okay, it doesn't mean that you still don't need to talk. You still yeah. don't need to take stock of where you're at and where you want to go. And, and it's a huge problem um, that they don't do. But when you get them to start doing that, it's, uh, I mean, it's just everything to them. And you saying about kids, I'll make it quick. Um, you know, we have always put our relationship first and our kids have always mm-hmm. known that, you know, we would go on vacation and kids would come and they'd say, well, can we go with you, mommy and daddy? And we'd say, we're going to take you on vacation as a family. uh, But this is for mommy and daddy. We need to go away and be together by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the reason we're doing that is so when we get back, we can be better for you and we can be good parents for you yeah and and you don't have to just say this once because they're going to continue to ask every time you go away Mm -hmm. but the more you repeat that and then they see the results of you being away and having time to yourselves and how it rejuvenates Mm -hmm. your relationships they get that and uh to think that kids don't get what's going on that they don't that they can't figure things out that is such a bad mistake to make yeah absolutely it really is and and you know children can see in a relationship they can see how you react with each other and then that is perpetuated in in them they repeat that behavior to yes. their future spouse. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what how you interact with your partner to your kids is going to be how they do to theirs. You know, that's what they've seen. It's what they've known their entire lives. So that's and and that goes for any sort of healthy habits, any sort of habits period, you know, whatever they good or bad, whether they're learning, you know, to eat junk food every, every day or they're learning to have good mental health practice and be yogis, you know, it's, 
it's perpetuating that behavior and you want your kids to have the best opportunity to have the best life mentally, physically, emotionally, and in their relationships forever. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So your website is? Our website is bestfriendsagain.com. Okay. And if anybody wants to find more information, they can find it there. Um, Vanessa came up with that. I have to give her credit. Because (laughs) really, when you're in a relationship, especially a committed one, that it is important that you're each other's best friend. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. My partner is my best friend. And sometimes I don't like him, but I always love him. (laughs) Absolutely. Exactly. It's so important. (laughs) And he knows that. You don't want to hear somebody say, oh, my best friend is... uh, Oh, my girlfriend who I went to high school with or the guy who I go on golf trips with. No, what comes out of your mouth should be my partner, my wife, my spouse. They are my best friends. Yeah. People don't really think like that. but yeah, They're the person you share your most intimate details with about everything in life. Exactly. That should be Absolutely. your best friend. For Absolutely. Sure. Exactly. Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners today? Jeep has a book. It's called What's Forever For? A, a physician's, physician's Guide to Everlasting, everlasting Love and, and Success in marriage. marriage. Awesome. And that can be found on your website also? On website. the website and, and Amazon. on Amazon. And, okay. it's a, and it's it won two awards. Um, the book, um, I wrote it as if I was sitting talking to a patient of mine basically, you know, in, in a way that they could understand no matter your socioeconomic background or your level of education, this is uh, a book that you can read and take something away and it's understandable. That's the way I wanted it to be. And the feedback that I've gotten from, uh, those who have read my book have said that it, it, uh, it certainly reached that objective. Great. All right. Well, I will have all of that information posted in the show notes so they can find your website and your book as well uh, on your website or Amazon. And uh, thank you guys so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having yes, us. Yes, really. It was really a pleasure. Joy. You're very, thank very you welcome. so much. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. And we will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit Minute Podcast fitness for real people with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. If you would like more information on today's episode, you can find it in the show notes and on Gabrielle's website at www.destinationfitcations.com. Visit to keep an eye out for upcoming fitcations. Be sure to share the show, give this podcast a review and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Join us next week to hear more stories from people just like you. This has been the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with Gabrielle Mazar.